Hello, and welcome to Real Talk About Real Identity from Axiom. This podcast is devoted to important identity trends and the convergence of ad tech and martech. I'm Kyle Holloway, your podcast host, and I'm joined by our co-host, Dustin Rainey. Once again, we'd like to welcome our visitors to another episode of Real Talk About Real Identity, where we focus on the all-important role identity plays in this exciting new world where MarTech and AdTech are colliding. So fall is right around the corner. And for many of you, that means tuning in to watch your alma mater or favorite college football team play on Saturdays or taking a nap with a random NFL game playing in the background on Sundays. On game day, we see the big lights illuminate large stadiums packed out with fans producing those deafening cheers as the home team scores, ESPN's broadcasting straight to your living room, and of course, many commercial breaks uh, are being spent you know, with massive ad budgets, uh, taking advantage of your following, your, your audience, your eyes. What you don't see is everything it took by each team to prepare for game day. The countless hours spent studying game film from the opponent's previous season, the repetitive drills that teach each skill position how to do their specific job with precision, uh, coaches building out a custom playbook based on the strengths and weaknesses of each opponent, the team that understands their opponent the best by leveraging all information um, that's considered fair game has the strategic advantage. And this is the perfect time to steal the famous quote by legendary coach Paul Bear Bryant. And it's not the will to win that matters. It's the will to prepare to win that matters. So we're on a podcast about identity. Uh, Why are we talking about football and game film? Well, just like in the game of football, winning brands spend hours and hours reviewing their own version of game film. It's called big data. In the marketing and advertising world, we like to call this practice of gaining valuable insights from vast amounts of data as customer intelligence. So brands that know, or brands really know they can't predict um, what will deliver incredible customer experiences and reach their desired outcomes without understanding what has worked in the past. But making use of this massive big data layer requires that they make sense of every customer engagement, inbound, outbound, offline, online. And most of these engagements produce raw signals. So th- those are the names, addresses, you know, email addresses, cookies, maids, IP addresses. But signals are often transient at best, and they can be shared across multiple devices. The only way to make sense of all these signals is to have that robust identity management solution in place. So, Kyle, what what are your thoughts here? Well, first thought is um, I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan, so I'm not (laughs) sure I'm so optimistic based off of our preseason performance so far. Um, But, no, absolutely, you know, this is kind of the crux of how brands are reaching audiences. And it's, you know, we spend so much time, especially in the identity space, talking about how to reach the consumer and the connectivity of the ecosystem and, and how to optimize all that. But it's really so predicated and necessary to understand even who those people are and what are the right strategies and and how to look at, like you said, kind of past performance and push that into a strategy that then uses that identity to reach, you know. And so this is a a great foundational conversation. So I'm super Mm -hmm. excited that today we're going to get to have a real master of customer intelligence with us <laughs> as a guest on our podcast today, and that's Lawrence Shu. He is our VP of Strategy and Analytics here at Axiom. He's got a great history and, and background in this space, 
And uh, I am sure that he has spent years, not just hours, but years analyzing big data for clients. And so, Lawrence, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kyle. I really appreciate you having me as a guest on your show today. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. Um, why don't you uh, just kind of bring our uh, listeners up to speed kind of on your background, your role at Axiom. Uh, you know, what what is it about big data that's kind of brought you to this space? Sure. Um, so my background is actually in marketing. I started uh, out of school with a focus in marketing. And as the dot-coms really started to take off and as you saw data really start to grow and expand, I knew that I needed to get really closer to the data side to better understand how marketing strategy can really come to bear um, for brands and for all the customer engagements that we want to see both as customers and as marketers in this space. Um, so data has always been kind of at the center and the core of all of this. And so for, for me, this opportunity to Axiom to really lead the effort has really been an amazing role. I lead the data strategy and analytics center of excellence at Axiom. We provide services and um, consulting for our clients to really get down to fact-based decisions uh, that drive business outcomes for them, right? So that's thinking about the, the insights that come out of the data, thinking about how do they harness all the different data that all these brands are taking in and all these signals that we talk about. It's just gotten more and more complex as the years have increased, as different devices come on online, as different ways to engage and interact start to uh, surface you know, there's a lot to take in. So our teams work with our, our brand's client teams, uh, the data scientists, the marketers, right? And so that's a big spectrum to work with. On the marketing side, you've got the business users that are thinking about, how do I make decisions? How do I best build a customer experience that matters? And then on the analyst side, they're thinking about all the little granules of data and how do I make sense out of it and how do I bring it together? And at the end of the day, you really need a, a, a way to, to kind of key that information together and for us at Axiom, that comes down to identity. Yeah, that's great. It's really interesting that your team in particular, at times, really just acts on behalf of the brand, right? I mean, you're really just an extension yeah. of our customers and you're bringing a value-added service. And at the same time, you are in more of a, a lead kind of position where you're formulating even just for our own data products or other groups, you know, these insights. We did recently see that your team had launched a new capability, Axiom's Intelligence Hub, built on the uh, Google Cloud platform. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that product and capability and then how, you know, you're leveraging it specifically in this area of, you know, intelligence, customer intelligence. Yeah, no, happy to. So the Intelligence Hub is really an analytics engine that we've developed using the Google Cloud platform that's really built to give us a lot of flexibility and give our clients a lot of options when it comes to thinking about cloud-based analytics. You know, these days, there are so many different ways to connect systems. You can't get around the cloud, right? The cloud is at the center of a lot of the way that disparate systems bring software together these days, right? Data storage is a key component of it. And so when we think about the Intelligence Hub and what we've been trying to do as a tool set here at Axiom, it really is trying to drive a couple of key factors, right? Certainly we all are aware of the speed and the scalability and the performance that you gain with the cloud. But for us, when we think about data, real-time decisioning is really right at the forefront of it all. And those analytics being able to surface those insights becomes really important to do it in a timely manner and in a way that really takes advantage of the different pace and the different frequency that the data might be coming in, right? A lot of our clients are working on systems that might go back quite a while from a legacy perspective 
to real-time streaming. Well, how do you bring all of that together in a way that becomes meaningful? You need an orchestration. And so for us, that's inside of Google Cloud and the platform that we've built with Intelligence Hub. Um, some of the other pieces that come into play are when we start to think about that connectivity from a kind of cost of ownership perspective, right? Because like I said, they're coming in at different frequencies. And so you've got to find a way and a methodology to build what we call a data workflow that operationally makes sense for the business too. And so that flexibility and that availability that you have with the cloud isn't dependent on a lot of these smaller separate systems that might have different constraints from a software perspective or from a user licensing perspective. And the cloud gives us a lot of that flexibility. So we're really excited to have this platform that's available both to our internal teams from an analytics toolset perspective, but also for our clients as they start to think about their migration to cloud-based systems and analytics. And you know we've got different varying degrees of maturity when we think about our client roster. Right, Some are early stage and they kind of just want to try it out and see what's going on. And so we can help them with that. And in other cases, they've got full teams of data scientists and analysts ready to kind of just leverage all the information that's out there. And so we can help in different ways and different capacities in that in that regard. Wow, that's fascinating. And you mentioned the, the speed and scale and flexibility that the cloud brings. I have to talk about cookies, right? We have to talk about cookies at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not the ones we eat, but you know, with what Google and Apple are doing, with changing the ecosystem, right? And kind of changing the game for brands. Is the cloud really opening up new possibilities that that really weren't there before um, as it relates to, you know, that speed? And did it take the cloud to allow brands to leverage their data in a new way now that Google and Apple are, are kind of obfuscating some of the, the third-party kind of IDs? Well, that's a tricky one, right? Because certainly it's an ever-evolving ecosystem. But I think what the cloud will, is, will offer us at the end of the day is flexibility. And so when we think about all the different components of the privacy landscape that's evolving, um, the shifting of different data requirements and regulations, we really have to think about that flexibility and having as close of availability to the data as possible. And so for us, when we think about the shifting landscape for our customers, and for their data that they're working with and bringing all that together. At the end of the day, it comes down to giving us the best chance at building systems and models and infrastructure to help us make the decisioning with the information that's best available to us. And so by having access to the cloud and access to this information that's easily connected, we can actually build prototypes, we can build methodologies that leverage what we can do today and anticipate a little bit of what might be coming down the road, right? So with cookies going away, it really puts a higher dependency on customers' first-party data. And that first-party data and having access to content and information and, and that engagement that those consumers are doing with the brand really starts to paint a new picture. And so being able to do that in a privacy-compliant way, in a way that's ensuring the trust that you've built with your customer base, like those are all things that get factored into how do we make for a better experience. And so as cookies start to evolve and as the privacy landscape uh, starts to shift, being able to do it in a way that still honors privacy and consumer engagement, but being able to leverage as many of the tools that are out there, the cloud really is the best way to do all of that. So just want to drill in just a little bit there on that whole kind of line of thinking. So practically, what, what have you guys seen as you've kind of moved into this and you're starting to see more of that first party data and engaging with clients, you know, at that level, you know, what are the strategies 
from an identity perspective, you know, are you saying, are you coalescing kind of your thinking around any particular type of identifier or hashed email to obviously the resurgence of a, like a UID, UID2? You know, what are you seeing in your space there? Well, I think honestly, the biggest area of expansion, I'll call it, in terms of the strategies of bringing all this information together is uh, quite honestly, client awareness. Right. When we think about clients really understanding and owning their data, identity is an area that's fairly new for them, at least from a first party perspective. And thinking about it in a broader scale and a broader scope in terms of all the little parts and pieces in the granular data that exists, because those signals can be everything from the known individual all the way down to the pseudonymous and non-people based data. And so when you think about bringing those together, the awareness and the strategies that the brands have to take into account in thinking about data differently is I think the first place of growth. Because now all of a sudden you have the ability for brands to think about their data ecosystem in a different way that is effectively kind of identity first and being able to stitch together and bring together those, those disparate pieces of information into a format and into an insight that actually matters. So the first thing is that awareness that kind of comes to bear with it. Because the reality is each one of these brands that we work with have different access to different data, depending on their model, um, depending on the business that they're in, their industry that they're in, they're gonna have different components and different data elements that they work with. And just as we talked about, the landscape's changing, right? So nobody wants to be dependent on one singular piece of data that if they have it or they don't have it, it all of a sudden changes how they can operate their business. So being able to piece together the picture of your consumer, uh, the engagement, the way that the, the journey uh, that they might be experiencing with your brand goes, through, they, that, that whole pattern and pathway really needs to be shaped with a lot of different data. And so being able to harness and take into account the small pieces of data and the large pieces of data, the obvious, the non-obvious, that strategy coming together for a brand is starting to make a difference. And so that awareness inside of the organization to shift the thinking beyond just transactions, beyond just actual direct engagement and emails into much more of a fluid journey, brings together the silos across the organization, right? So you've got certainly the end of the line transaction, they've got the most rich data, but there can be a lot of other pathways along the way that can contribute to that story, that can contribute to that journey and that path. And so the organizational awareness, I think, is probably the key learning that companies that spend more time thinking about it, building a plan around it, and then getting everybody aligned around that particular singular focus around identity and data is where they benefit the most. And that's something that I've seen the biggest shift towards, because the reality is that the landscape's going to change, right? You're going to see different regulations. Um, what, what access you have to data today, it might change for tomorrow, right? But what you need is a durable strategy that can kind of weather through all of that. So data capture, you know, it just seems all the more important, right? having mechanisms in place to capture or bring all that data into, you know, the analytic environment. So ways that brands are doing that now, like we talked about some of these IDs are from a third party perspective are being obfuscated. Can you talk about that a little bit? What are sources of data that, you know, might be new today that brands are leveraging that they didn't leverage five years ago? What, like, and where, where do we see the market going there? Uh, you know, first party data capture. What does that mean? What mechanisms can a brand you know, leverage to, to capture that data? Like I said, the awareness is the first place to start. We've been working with some brands that literally had tons of data flowing through their pipes and they didn't even recognize it to even record it anywhere. So, so there was information that was sitting right in front of them and they weren't actually even 
thinking about how do they harness it. So that awareness is an important piece of it. And then when you start to really break it down into the smaller kind of granular pieces of that data, it's coming through a lot of different signals, right? Um, it's coming through every single device that you can think of. It's coming through um, the smallest of interactions that you might have with partners. And that's where that kind of developing those partnerships with your data and all of those other partners inside of your ecosystem that are touching the same customers that you're working with and stitching together all of those interactions as well. Because in a lot of cases, it's that partner data that maybe they're not thinking about capturing it either, right? Nobody's bothered to ask that question. How do you bring it together? And then being able to actually find a way to attach any sort of identity to that as well, right? And so there's different ways that you have to think about the bigger picture from an ecosystem perspective of how they come together. Because, you know, when we think about things like campaign planning, when we think about, you know, solutions like multi-touch attribution, that process doesn't come with the end state data. That comes with planning that data upfront and thinking about how do you orchestrate and develop data that has the right level of footprint so that you can connect it to other pieces of data. But that's how it happens at the beginning of the process, not at the end, right? And so I think it's, it's hard for, for the marketers to say, I want to know what happened with this campaign, or I want to know what happened with this engagement effort when they didn't plan for it in a way that actually aligned the data properly, right? And so if there's signals from a reseller, from a retailer, from a mobile app, right? There's all sorts of different systems that interact with those consumers that Axiom's had a long history of being able to put together and assemble in a way that's meaningful for a brand, but a lot of times it's not firsthand for brands, right? And so just developing that strategy of thinking about the bigger picture ecosystem is a great place to start because in a lot of cases, there's the, the connectivity of that data is far more simple than we believe in. But to your point, if the data is not captured to begin with, there's nothing to attach any sort of connectivity to. Yeah, it's a lot of lost opportunity there. We've worked with, with clients that really didn't understand the value of the data that they have. Right? They didn't understand the power of insights on their own behalf, uh, let alone other value that they can have to the wider ecosystem in terms of their partnerships. Right? Um, the easy uh, examples that we can think of is uh, a financial services company and a travel partner. Right? There's obviously overlap in terms of the benefits that that can bring, but a lot of times those scenarios don't get, get thought of in maybe some adjacent categories or industries where that's not the day-to-day -day business, right? And they don't think about uh, uh, customer data in that way. That's great. And you're talking about, you know, like the broader ecosystem and, and kind of taking this broader sense of where data is coming from, how do you manage that data, and then how do you execute against that? And certainly, you know, where, you know, when you look at the industry and a lot of the language going out and a lot of things people are saying, you know, it's around like people-based marketing and this aspect of, MarTech and AdTech coming together. And so I see these same themes that you're talking about playing very much in that case too, right? Because historically, one side or the other hasn't necessarily been as well-versed in, in how the other operates and how, you know, they pull data across. You know, you work with a ton of clients. You've delivered a lot of value to those clients over the years. How are you seeing that playing out today? I mean, are, are we seeing movement toward actually realizing some of the benefits of kind of the MarTech, AdTech convergence, this kind of people-based view? 
in light of, as we talked before, you know, some of the regulatory things happening or some of the platform things happening, are we kind of chasing after something that's really not actually going to come to fruition? Or do you see a line to like, hey, we're actually going to be able to do some things that just may not be in the way we envisioned it when we started? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And as a marketer, right, this is kind of exciting for me because, you know, there's always been, as you as you kind of bring up, two different worlds, right? There's the ad side, which is largely brand awareness down to what we call near transaction. And then you have the direct customer engagement to which it's all about engaging directly and then having an actual transaction in the mix. Um, and those two worlds coming together is absolutely a reality today. It's a challenge, right? Because it is two different sides. I mean, you go into most organizations, the marketing team and the advertising team are in different sides of the building. You know, and now you're starting to see that convergence to where that's starting to come together, right? And then you've got IT overlapping, and so you've got the data component kind of woven in there as well. But there's a good reason for all those things to come together. And so being able to think about some of our solutions, like our multi-touch attribution solution, that can really go full funnel is a pretty exciting initiative, right? Because for the first time, you'll be able to see that an ad exposure on a broad mass scale actually ties to an individual transaction or a behavior change or an action. And those are things that you wouldn't have been able to do in the past without the data, right? You wouldn't have been able to do to, in the past if you couldn't stitch across the different phases of identity and awareness of the consumer along the way. Dustin, you talked a little bit about, you know, what are the different methods of capturing some of the data, right? Well, you know, one of the things that, that I didn't mention is that there have been so many ways that we've been trying to do it in the past as marketers without actually asking the customer to identify themselves, right? And doing that in a place that you can actually capture and connect information in the right way. Because as consumers, we want a better experience. And so there's a fair balanced value exchange that can happen there. But if we're never asked the question to identify ourselves or to show how we can actually make personalization better, then there's a lost opportunity. And so when we think about the MarTech, AdTech world of things, there's certainly a convergence because we're working across different screens, right? I'm looking at an, uh, a game on TV, but also seeing an ad that then I look up on my iPad and I end up transacting on my laptop. Well, how do you bring all that attribution together? And the reality is, is there's ways to do that now. And so there's definitely a way uh, from a measurement evolution, from an attribution perspective, that we've got capabilities that we can take advantage of now that did not exist many years ago. And that's both with the technology, such as cloud-based analytics, um, and just the power of something like Vertex AI inside of Google Cloud to be able to churn through all these different permutations of that journey and that experience. So the data availability, right? And the ability to put identity on top of that and say, oh no, we know that these, these interactions all tie to the same individual and in some cases, it may be anonymous and we don't know who that is, but we have a general idea of the characteristics and the demographics of that individual. And that's good enough for us to make a good decision about our investment from an advertising and marketing perspective, right? So there's a lot of exciting things that I think the ad tech and the MarTech world coming together is going to give us new opportunities with. All great points. And it's kind of like bringing all these signals together. A lot of times people think about it from just a pure campaign perspective, like analytics is going to drive my campaign performance. Yeah. But it's way more than that. That's right. I mean, it's all those engagements, every customer service engagement. If you think about, you know, if, if my strategy is to create first party data to get someone to authenticate, and by the way, authenticated, it, you know, data is not all in first party data. You can have anonymous first party data as well. But 
to have those things baked into your strategy, well, you have to understand what works, right? And and that's really where, you know, that analytics, that customer intelligence comes in. You don't necessarily have to know who's behind the device in order to drive the journey, to drive decisions and behavior at scale. So making sure you're capturing all that in one place is is just super important. So Lawrence, thanks so much, you know, for being with us today. And I love these insights and and uh, it's been really informational. So it's the year 2030. What does the consumer engagement look like? Do you see kind of a scarier Orwellian type future or do you see brighter days ahead? As a marketer and now data technologist, I've got lots of great ideas around what I think can happen, right? So, um, and I think it is a brighter future, right? I think about the systems and the devices that are now gonna play a bigger part, quite honestly, in the data ecosystem. Um, and they're going to be kind of agents on our behalf, so to speak, right? And so the Internet of Things isn't going away. We can, we can continue to get more and more dependent on these devices. Um, but they're going to be ex- an extension of us when we think about it from a marketing and from an advertising landscape perspective because of the data. And so I think it provides a lot of opportunities for brands to think about how do they orchestrate their journeys across different devices, across you know, just as Dustin was saying, that full ecosystem and and ways to interact with a brand, that's pretty exciting because I think the future of convenience, of personalization and kind of speed of getting what we want, you know, the days of us being so dependent on us um, getting two-day shipping or even same-day shipping in some cases, like it's just a reality these days. And so um, having systems that can work at that speed that can analyze at that speed and can give us the best options as consumers, I think is exciting. And so as a marketer, having the ability to deliver that, to help brands think about building those kinds of experiences that might be in the future, but can be done today, that's exciting. And I think that's for a brighter days ahead um, scenario for us. And yeah, you could certainly have a, a little bit of a tinge of, yeah, but who who's controlling all the data? At the end of the day, I think individuals uh, will continue to own and manage their data, um, but in different ways. And so those mechanisms will will start to evolve as we go forward as well. But I think it's great times ahead for us marketers and for us consumers as well. That's awesome. Thank you. And uh, I love that perspective. And, and it is going to be interesting to see how things do evolve uh, in the data yeah. space with consumers and heightened focus on consent. And I love your call out earlier of just saying, we just haven't asked. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like we wanted the benefit without doing the work. And yeah. now we got to kind of do the work of let, let's talk to people and ask them if we can have their data and then what we can do with that. So, well, thank you so much, Lawrence. As always, great talking with you. Super insightful. And for our listeners, you know, hope you enjoyed this episode and that you're able to take some, you know, insights and some food for thought for the future. And uh, if you want to listen to previous podcasts, uh, we now have our page at www.axiom.com backslash real talk, where all of our episodes are housed. And so you're welcome to go there or you can find us on any of your favorite podcast solutions. So, Lawrence, thank you. Thank you. Dustin, good talking to you and go Cowboys. <laughs>